Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I'm your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are speaking with Bonnie Geisler. Bonnie is the president and founding member of Felines and Friends Foundation, a TNVR group in northern Vermont. Over the past three years, this group has helped more than 2,000 cats and has formed strong partnerships with other regional animal welfare groups. She's been involved in animal rescue and welfare for 25 years, volunteering with multiple shelters and organizations in New Jersey and Vermont. Through careful long-term planning, Bonnie and her husband were able to retire from full-time work in their early 40s. Prior to retiring, she was a human resources professional, working in diverse human resources functions from benefits to labor relations with a focus on implementation of all levels and types of compensation programs. During her career, she has worked in the financial services and insurance industries at companies including Prudential Financial and American International Group, as well as other types of businesses including automatic data processing and global crossing. She has a degree in psychology from Montclair State University and an MBA from Fairleigh Dickinson University. Bonnie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. So we talked a little bit in the pre-show interview about how you got started in New Jersey. How did you get started specifically with Community Cats? Well, when we first moved to Vermont, we were, my husband and I were both volunteering with a traditional local animal shelter. And I was sitting at a volunteer slash board meeting and they were talking about the need for something about all the community cats, the barn cats, the street cats. But it wasn't something that the shelter was interested in getting involved in and for, for various reasons. And so I kind of just put a pin in that for a while. And then I lived on a road where every day when I went back and forth to town, I would see this little colony of cats. And, you know, some looked healthier than others, and sadly, some were hit in the road. And it it was always, I would almost cringe every time I went through there. And I was always the type of person growing up that, you know, whenever I saw an animal in need, I wanted to help. And, And I really felt helpless. And then I saw an ad, well, it was a letter to the editor in our local paper about this woman who had pretty much on her own had cobbled together some money to... Um, TNR, some small pockets of cats up here. And this woman was thanking this other woman, Natalie Kinsey Warnock, who was also one of our founding members, that had done this pretty much on her own. And I called Natalie out of the blue and I said, Natalie, you've never met me before. You don't know me, but I would really love to help our cats up here. And I don't know how to do this on my own. And she says, well, great. You know, we're trying to get a group of people together. We're trying to meet in the next couple of weeks. And I said, great. You know, I'm open. We can do it at my dining room table. And, and the rest is history. We, we met at my dining room table and we got organized and off we went. It's amazing how those tables in people's kitchens and dining rooms really can work to create something special. Yeah. <laughs> So that's how the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society got started too. It was a kitchen a kitchen table. <laughs> yep. 
So it's uh, that's great. So that was your uh, f- sort of official like first board of directors. You know, it was kind of a mishmash of different groups and different ideas. And, you know, so over the course, that was in the fall. By the spring, we had kind of sorted out the core group of people. So what year did you form your organization? April of 2013. And so since 2013, you have assisted 2,000 cats. Yes. And have you been doing much of the trapping or has it been more structured with individuals? Like uh, sort of, I call it the neighborhood cats model, which is you basically are renting or loaning traps out to people and they're, they're working on the colony. To a large extent, our volunteers do much of the active trapping. One of the reasons that we've gotten as successful as we have been so quickly is that when we commit to our spay-neuter clinic that we're bringing 30 cats, we by darn it bring 30 cats. And we have found that sometimes when we're working with caretakers or, or farmers, that sometimes things get in the way and they might not set the traps or they might not follow all the instructions that we give them. And, and that would get in the way of our making sure that we had the 30 cats for our clinic. So yeah, for the most part, we go out and we set the traps and we check the traps themselves. But each colony, each barn is different. So it, it's always a partnership with whoever we're working with. And I assume your overall, your objective is to get to 100% sterilization. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And when we, again, we started in April of 13 and we had the funding to do 10 cats a month. And we knew the need was way beyond 10 cats a month, but hey, you got to start somewhere. And we knew at 10 cats a month, it would take decades to, to finish up here. But we've created so many partnerships so quickly that for our little portion of Vermont, Orleans County, one of the poorest, most rural parts of Vermont, right now it's it's August in, in cat season. So we are more easily finding cats right now. But in April, when we were trying to take advantage of a grant, I was really having a hard time finding barns that we hadn't done yet or street cats that we hadn't done yet, which is remarkable that within three years, we've made that much of an impact that quickly. So yeah, 100% sterilization is absolutely our goal. You know, there'll always be some kittens and, you know, we need to be realistic, but we think we can solve the problem of more cats than there are homes for in Orleans County. And there are other parts in Vermont that are already there where Orleans County is and is going. So if we can kind of connect all these places in Vermont, could Vermont be an entire state where every cat has a home and every street cat or barn cat or feral cat has a caretaker? That's a great vision. And it's a and as I think it's quite attainable. Now, you mentioned the word partnerships, and I use the word collaboration a lot. Would you be able to go in a bit greater detail about you know, who you're partnered with and what the benefits have been as a result of those partnerships? Yeah, we have just found some wonderful partners at the very beginning of our operations. From the very beginning, started out with a very structured professional program. We took Brian Cordes's um, Neighborhood Cats Handbook and truly used everything in that. We did not reinvent the wheel on everything because he has the best practices described so well in there that we very quickly 
showed that we were reliable and professional. And though we're not perfect, we're always looking to, to get better and learn. So within the first few months, VT Can Vermont Companion Spay-Neuter Program in Middlesex, who is our primary spay-neuter clinic, which is an hour and a half away from us, saw that we were reliable, professional, and she actually went out and was able to secure a large grant from PetSmart Charities that instead of our being able to do 10 cats a month, because that's the funding we had, she got a grant that if in the first year we could do 1,000 cats, we would get the second grant for another 1,000 cats. And though there were some cats from groups other than um, FFF, we used the majority of that 2,000 cat grant. So that was like being shot out of a cannon. But mm -hmm. at the same time, that's the commitment that if Pamela at VT Can has committed to PetSmart Charities that we're going to do 2,000 cats from the Northeast Kingdom, our group was absolutely going to make sure that that happened, that she was able to make good on her commitment, and, and we did. And also, the second month of our operation, we had a fabulous meeting with a progressive animal shelter in, again, the middle of Vermont, central Vermont, central Vermont Humane Society. And we just had a meeting of the minds that often they have capacity for more cats than are available locally. So we created a partnership where they were able to take almost all of our friendly adoptable cats and kittens. So in, in three years, they have taken 468 kittens and cats from us, whereas the local shelter has been at capacity for years with a waiting list. And so we were able to move these cats from an area of Vermont that didn't have the shelter capacity to an area that was. And TNR is so much more fun when you don't need to return the friendly cats and kittens. That's not a bad solution if that's the only option, but it's more fun when you have a, have a shelter partner. And then our third partner that we really couldn't do our work without is we have a very, very supportive veterinary practice in the area, the animal doctor and in Newport Center. And so she's just our day-to-day our -day vet with all of the urgent things or surgeries beyond spay and neuter. And we just couldn't function without her and her practice. So big shout out to Dr. Hunter and her staff. Wow. So yeah, you're involving everybody at the local level as well as a more regional level to help make this a, a success. And I mean, my, my thoughts are that over time that your local shelter should be able to handle the load of the um, local service area cat needs, and then you won't even need to be transferring cats down to central Vermont. Absolutely. When we started, they had, you know, they were at capacity with a six month to a year long waiting list. And now for the last nine months or so, they've been at more 25 to 30 cats with little or no waiting list to get in. And, you know, we're just so excited about that. Yeah, that is, that's, it's great. I mean, and I've seen it happen and that's tends to bring a larger picture question of, you know, what happens when, if do the numbers keep going down and then, then they're down to five or 10 cats or, you know, is there, or and no kittens and people can't find kittens and how do we resolve that issue? And that's a much larger and bigger conversation um, than we could ever have today. But it is definitely a conversation that that's out there um, about how to provide a community with kittens and especially kittens that may not be feral. A lot of the foster care programs or the shelters in 
Massachusetts, a large portion of the kittens that they're getting are feral kittens, and some of them are at that three- to four-month borderline window, and that takes a lot of work to get those guys socialized. Right, yeah. So it's a, yeah, the uh, Tiny Lion Tamers program that we will mention in an earlier podcast, it's, uh, it, the, the feral kitten socializing is a very hot topic. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really tough issue. I wish that cats were easier, that they were 100% feral or 100% friendly. It, <laughs> it's the ones in the middle that, you know, just we, we spend a lot of time, you know, making the best decisions we can for them. And now let's take a moment to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Ready to make a big difference for cats in your community? We've got an exciting opportunity that can jumpstart your efforts. The Community Cats Podcast has launched Community Cats Grants. When you qualify for this innovative program, you'll gain valuable knowledge about how to raise funds for your spay-neuter efforts. Plus, we'll match the funds you raise up to $1,000, doubling your ability to make a difference for cats. Fundraising doesn't have to be scary. We'll be with you every step of the way. Check it out. You can find all of the details on the Community Cats Podcast website under our education menu. Let's join forces to make the world a better place for community cats. So with your human resource background, my guess is you must be a lover of uh, organization and systems. Yes, I am. (laughs) Could you share with me some of the systems or the tools that you use to help run your organization? I think one of the big things about our organization is communication. So every time we do something, we kind of start out with, in two weeks, we're going to do a barn, and this is what's involved in it, and here are some other things going on in the organization too, blah, 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 blah. And then there's this organization over the next couple weeks to say, how are we going to attach, attack this barn? And then when we're done with the property, there's a big recap so that people that were involved get credit and people that weren't able to be involved know what's going on so they still feel engaged in in the organization. So I would say communication is is one of the most important things that we try to do really well. Do you track your colonies in a Google Doc or any sort of a mapping software or anything like that? Excel spreadsheets Mm -hmm. right now. So we definitely have a colony spreadsheet. We have a cat spreadsheet. We have other sorts of spreadsheets that we would love to use a database for. We played around with PetPoint, but we, we found it a little cumbersome because TNR is a little different than sheltering. So we have a couple volunteers that are playing with making our separate spreadsheets a database. And I designed the spreadsheets so that they have key fields so that they're easily relatable between the different spreadsheets as soon as someone wants to database with us. (laughs) Well, and Brian Cordes at Neighborhood Cats is developing a software called CatStats. Oh, Brian, love you. (laughs) That will be coming out this fall, probably by November. So within a couple of months. So if you can kind of hold your breath, Cat Stats will be coming out. And it's a very dynamic, online, free program all about tracking your colonies and information that way. So it'll be a great tool when it comes out. Awesome. Yeah. You know, we think keeping stats and really good records of all of our cats and all of our colonies is really important. You know, when you start out and you have 10, you can keep all that in in your mind. But now that we've worked with over 350 properties or individual caretakers, you need to 
have all of that information right at your fingertips. And following up with colonies that we've done is, is a big part of what we want to do. And so having great stats and ability to keep track of who you've called and who you followed up with and who you haven't is really important to us. On the flip side, uh, let's talk about money a little bit more. I understand you know, you got the, the grant from the clinic, but how do you do your fundraising? We have a multifaceted approach to fundraising, as most organizations do. We have a very energetic team of people who do yard sales, and they take some of the best stuff from the yard sales, and we've had some great country auctions where we've had about 100 people in an auction sort of environment. So that's been a really great fundraiser. We're also right in the middle of a matching gift campaign right now. We have a very generous donor who is challenging us to match his donation of $2,000. So we're in the first half of that. Next month will be our second half, and we think we'll achieve that. And we also do you know, online solicitations and newsletters and direct mailings and uh, some grant writing and you know the whole mixed bag. And so that helps sort of piece everything together, because uh, I do know that for some organizations that don't have the sheltering component to it, really find fundraising challenging. Do you find it challenging, or do you feel like you have enough support to be able to, to keep things going? It is challenging. You know, I think when you have a physical location, people have this clear vision of what an animal shelter is. Each person's vision is a little different, but they all know that, ah, this group helps animals and they kind of know what's involved in that. Whereas TNR is a little different and people assume that it's all feral cats, whereas, you know, at least a third of the cats that we've helped are friendly adoptable cats. And so people say, well, I don't know if I care as much about feral cats. So I think the challenge is always to be telling the story of the cats that we're helping and that it's beyond helping cats. You know, we very quickly adopted the taglines of helping cats and communities because you're helping the people that are helping the cats almost as much as you're helping the cats. So I did a presentation to our Rotary Club last year and I started out the whole presentation of, do you love cats or do you hate cats? And some people are just not cat people. And I... My sell is always that TNR is for everybody. It's for the people that care about the cats. It's for people that care about the community. And at the end of the day, when we do our work, our community is better. And so that's really the, the sell that we're talking about all the time, is, is it's not just about the cats. It's about making our communities more livable and better and helping these caretakers that have kind of been out there forever on their own. Um, if you saw a stray cat on the street, what would you do? I would start knocking on doors. If I were in a town, what we have found is that there are lots of people in a town that really care about cats. And if you walk the street and just start talking to people, they'll say, oh, this person feeds the cats. And you go and talk to that person and she'll or he will be able to tell you exactly all about the cats that they've been feeding and how long they've been there and if they're friendly or feral and if it's a new cat or not a new cat. So it's really just being in the community and asking questions and finding out what the best outcome is for that particular cat because it may not be a stray. Very well may not. I mean, most most 
cats that are outside are, are owned by somebody. Yep, or at least cared about by somebody. You know, it's that whole loose ownership thing. Yeah. So, Bonnie, how could people find you if they want to find out more about your work or maybe even get copies of uh, those great spreadsheets that you've been putting together? And, and maybe we could provide them in the show notes as a, uh, as a downloadable item. Sure. Our website is fffvt.org. So three Fs as in Frank, VT as in Vermont.org, or on Facebook, Felines and Friends Foundation dash Vermont, or you can certainly give us a call at 802-323-4793. Bonnie, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? You know, I think just keeping in mind that when you're working with cats, it's always more than just the cats. It's always about the community. I wish I had the time to write a blog about all the amazing people that are helping cats out there that for years have been doing the very best they could on their own, feeding them, caring for them, but just feeling helpless because they didn't have the resources to spay and neuter them. And it's really our privilege and pleasure to, to work with these people, often elderly, low income. And it's really just wonderful to be out there and, and helping these cats and the people that have been caring about them for years. Bonnie, if you ever want to be a guest blogger on my blog, on the Community Cats Podcast blog, you're most welcome to uh, to join join in. Thank you. Well, Bonnie, I wanted to thank you so much for sharing your experiences with uh, Community Cats in Vermont and sharing your story with us today. And uh, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show, and I hope you'll join us in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats Podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 